0: Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. As you could tell from the title, wherever you downloaded this from, today's installment of the Catacomb Synod Practical series is on music, particularly hymns and spiritual songs and chanting, how we do it, when we do it, and why we do it, and particularly the how, and especially as that goes into the selection of songs. First, you might notice that it feels a little out of place. The free divine service that you can find at VeryLutheran.biz says very explicitly that hymnody is optional. We'll get to that, but I do want to let you know this is the Catacomb Synod. If a church is in the catacombs, traditionally there very well might be psalms that are read rather than sung. There might be songs that are spoken of as poetry rather than sung with melody and musical instruments, because if you're in the catacombs, you're hiding. It's an opportunity, a silent service, so to speak, one that is non-musical, to honor those Christians who came before us during times of persecution when everything had to be quiet. But also, it's an opportunity to reflect on our dire circumstances. The ones we face today, anyway. But does that mean that most church services in the Catacomb Synod should be silent? No. God loves music. He loves song. He loves hearing us sing to Him. To sing to God and to... Engage in that form of worship is a way of expressing gratitude, expressing acknowledgement, expressing the faith that we place in God, that he granted to us in the first place. It is a wonderful reflection of the heart, oriented to our Lord. And also, on the flip side, hymns help to develop the believer. As we memorize song lyrics we tend to learn the lessons there. At least, that is the hope. I know that there are Christians everywhere who understand what the words say and they know how to sing them, but they haven't really internalized the message of some of the best hymns out there. I've never yet heard a fellow Lutheran tell me, you know, I was thinking about a mighty fortress is our God, and, you know, I've really started coming to think about God being my mighty fortress and appreciating him for that i've never heard that because it seems for a lot of lutherans anyway a mighty fortress is just kind of our battle cry our national anthem as it were national anthem i guess but i digress enough of that example the intention behind hymns is twofold it helps us to worship god to express that gratitude and faith to him. And also, a hymn comes right back at the singer and helps develop them as a believer. So they're wonderful things. Music is an immensely important part of the Christian life. And as we read from Psalm 100, we are just flat directly commanded to bring song to God. And of course, in the New Testament, there are also apostolic dicta towards us believer telling us, greet one another and sing together. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's sing, 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 sing. And this is all well and good. We understand this, and then we get to the practical part of actually doing it, or even more so, preparing to sing. And maybe we don't know what to do. Here are some tips for how you can help run that Sunday service with music. Now let's say you have a house church and you don't know what to sing. You don't know that they would appreciate you just creating a YouTube playlist of your favorite hymns. Maybe some... uh, karaoke track with the words on the screen for them to read along maybe they appreciate that maybe they don't but then you don't know which hymns to go off of and you don't know exactly how to sing all of them either you're in luck because christians have been in your position before and there is a very ancient christian practice that kind of answers that question of what do you do when you don't know what to sing you don't know how to sing it, and you don't have a hymnal handy. Maybe you can't afford one. What I would recommend starting out is learning how to chant. Now, With my deacons, I was able to uh, show them and screen share the chanting lines that various hymnals have that show you how to chant a psalm. The leader will chant and sing one line from a psalm's verse, and then the congregation sings the next line. And typically, the line that you sing is broken up into two different parts, a flat note that is just held, and then a small series of notes that is uh, brought to bear for the other half of the singing. At least in simplified Lutheran chanting, it's that way. So forgive my voice. I know that I sound terrible right now. I have a cold. I've been coughing all day. But here's an example from Psalm 1. I, as the leader of the service, might start in the first verse saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And then, immediately after, the congregation would sing, Nor sins in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And then we'd repeat that melody. So for verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, And on his law he meditates day and night. However the melodies go. Again, my apologies. Under the weather. The fun thing about chanting too is there's a million ways to do it. I prefer the simple beginner's version of chanting with simple melodies and the easy to memorize uh, chanting lines. You can see where you're supposed to stuff a bunch of words in and then here's the simple series of notes you play after that. It's just the best. And There's also some fun ways that you can do it to where, say, the pastor starts or the deacon starts the chant and then the congregation sings back to him. Or you could have chanting to where all the men in the congregation sing the first line, all the women sing the second line. You could do right side of the church and then left side of the church uh, according to where the altar is. There's tons of ways you can do it that help get the congregation involved. I love that simple, easily accessible chanting. But maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe for you, you have a house church full of dyed-in-the-wool cradle Lutherans that love singing from the sheet music. And they love them some Bach chorales. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But I would like to give you an option that is easier than buying a hymnal and scanning and printing every single page. And you know how when you scan it, it doesn't always match up the way that you'd like. If you like traditional hymns, and don't get me wrong, I like them too, openhymnal.org. It is a big free, duty-free library of hymns to use, where for each song you can access the sheet music for free, the mp3 file, which is just a easy-to-hear piano cover of it, karaoke, so you can sing along. You've got all this stuff there, and in addition to that, openhymnal.org also includes... Uh, easy to find scripture references. So if you're looking at, say, the readings in the lectionary for any given Sunday, and you go, hmm, what are some appropriate hymns to sing according to the passages in scripture that we're reading today? Here's a shortcut. You just click on that passage right then and there, and boom, it'll show you some appropriate hymns toward that topic. Or maybe you're looking at a topical index because you read the sermon that I write, you look over the PDF, and you're like, well, okay, what's the director, this pastor really getting at in his message? What's the theme here? Maybe I can find hymns that are appropriate to that theme. Well, when that sermon and the PDF come out on Friday, it'll be easy for you to select things that are appropriate to it using the Open Hymnal website. I cannot praise it enough. Now, is it necessarily coming from a Lutheran background, all of these hymns? No. So, caveat emptor, you should look through the lyrics of each hymn that you select to make sure that theologically it is a good fit. It's not teaching anything false. And since Open Hymnal is kind of this big project to collect all of this in one place for our ease of access... You know just make sure to have a discerning eye at what you're reading another good site to go to is hymnary.org h-y-m-n-a-r-y dot org they've got a bit of more of a wider selection in terms of genre i personally like to use that site for the chapel services with my son throughout the week Because he responds best to revival songs, you know, old tent revival songs from America in the 19th century. For that matter, I've always seen kids really, really enjoy that. They love Amazing Grace. They like Hank Williams' old I Saw the Light. They like to see a little bit more passion. A child is going to be able to worship God singing revival songs a lot more easily than... If we put on, say, Brahms or Praetorius or something like that. Obviously, children do like more simple melodies. And there's no shame in that either. If you're leading a home church where you got kids, maybe there should be a couple songs that are more easily accessible to them and maybe a few songs that you sing in your house church that are more appropriate for the adults to understand and sing. Remember, you as a lay leader or a deacon in the catacomb synod, every single decision you should be making as that leader in this small congregation is for your congregation's spiritual benefit. So every song you pick should be something that everybody can hear, listen to, that brings them Closer to worshiping God in spirit and in truth. If they get that from an old school hymn. If they get that from chanting. If they get that from revival songs. Whatever they get it from. Good. So long as it is not teaching false doctrine. Now that can even be. and Plug your ears if you've got sensitive ones from evangelical songs. Oh, I know, I know. Plug plug your ears, get ready, get ready to send that angry email. But I'm sure we've all heard it before from like Calvary Chapel churches. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the earth to the cross, from the cross to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Typically, everybody loves to snub their nose at those songs and go, Oh yeah, at least listen to that tripe. Listen to that spiritual fast food. You know what? I got a great number for you. 7-Eleven. All these songs are seven words sung eleven times. <laughs> That's the wrong attitude to take. In fact, that is an attitude that is marked by sinful pride. That you feel so good and so holy because you sing complex songs that aren't accessible to those stupid plebs out there with their evangelical pop songs. And I'm sure you'd reply, oh, well, I just want us to take our faith seriously. And I want to use these hymns that have this learning curve to them to demonstrate that. After all, God is our audience to our singing. Oh yes, and it's great for you to say that. You're in great company, did you know that? With Seminex, with the AELC, with all those fun guys who decided that they were going to subvert the Lutheran Church and make it run far to the left. Every single one of those subversive men was a super high church, very ceremonial, chancel-prancing dork. And I would hope that you don't want to be just like them. Because saying, look at how high liturgy we are. Look at how really obsessed we are with Brahms and Bach. (laughs) They use that as camouflage. Great. And then everybody learned for about half a second that the measure of Christian faithfulness is not found in how high church their singing is. We learned that for about half a second, and then we returned back to that formalism, didn't we? Yeah, I would say you as a lay leader or a deacon have the right to say what is good for this congregation, what helps them in their sanctification in terms of song and hymnody. If they are ready and if they are thirsting for something that is more meaty, classical Lutheran hymnody that teaches the faith in all of its proper, as they sing it, great. That's what you should do. If they just came out of a traumatic church split over at the Baptist church and they find out about your catacomb Synod house church and they say, you know what, I want that, I'm ready for that. Maybe they're not ready for such a super dramatic change. It's something to talk with them about. Now speaking about talking, before y'all start singing, it might be a good idea to talk a little bit about what the hymns are going to be before the Sunday service so everybody feels ready to sing. You, as the lay leader or deacon, you should be comfortable singing these. It's good to go over them before Sunday morning or to pick something that everybody knows so that in case you don't have all that much time to practice, you can sing it reasonably well. It could be that in such a small setting like a house church Not everybody wants to sing very loudly or praise God with the loudest of voices. Maybe if they're an old grandma with throat problems, rather than sing, they just want to kind of move their mouth and praise God in their heart. Great. All of that is acceptable to our Lord. Now, about silence and what I call the quiet service. If you choose to have a Sunday divine service without music and just having moments of silence Uh, you don't think it's appropriate to chant in this situation or you just want to make sure that everybody has that focused and thoughtful experience in the divine service okay you can have that but a word to the wise if there's a lot of quiet people's minds can start to wander They're more easily distracted. To help with that, it might be a good idea to think about a visual setup to the service. For instance, I don't vest, but it can be a good idea to wear like a stole with the appropriate color for the church year. Give them something to look at. And of course, with the stole that would be around your neck, you could have a banner at the altar in the same color something for their eyes to focus on, which will help their ears to hear the words that are spoken unaccompanied by music and also to appreciate the moments of silence within the service. Now, hopefully, if you do that regularly, if that's what your house church prefers is quiet divine services, it would be good to encourage them to sing and to make melody to the Lord else times, other times throughout the week. After all, we are commanded, make a joyful noise. And if that's just you, just by yourself in your morning commute singing songs to God, okay, however you guys like to do it, whatever is best for that congregation. And just as hymns and singing to God are not relegated solely to the divine service, another good thing to keep in mind is music is not relegated solely to hymns. You can sing the Gloria. You can sing the Kyrie. You can sing so many different parts of the liturgy that you are effectively drenching the divine service in music. And that is a powerful thing to do if you want people to associate that message with music that reaches their hearts. Unfortunately, I don't have all that right next to me to sing it right here. And again, guys, I am sick. I've been having to pause the recording to cough and sneeze and stuff. But you can do that as a way of helping God's word reach the heart through the ears in singing and music. Only please make sure that it is enjoyable for the congregation. Uh, Maybe you could have meetups else time throughout the week to practice singing or chanting together and make it something that hopefully increases the bond you have between lay leader and parishioner and parishioner and other parishioner. Something that's good for fellowship. But that's all for music that I have today. Maybe we'll be revisiting this subject at some point. Uh, Email me, very underscore Lutheran at tutanota.com if you have a favorite hymn that you'd like to discuss or uh, certain songs that maybe you're a little iffy on. Until then, we'll catch you all next week when we start talking about evangelism and growing this thing, which I can't wait to talk about. It's going to be great. Until then, our Lord bless you and keep you. Amen and amen.